Welcome to Sasquatch Ate My Baby. I'm Kate. That's Dave. Hi, friends. And the soup of the day is human flesh soup. Ooh. <laughs> She's laughing. I like the aesthetic of that one. Oh, good. Oops. I didn't know the sound was on, so I tried to take a picture of a puppy on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, okay. I'm really afraid we're not recording. Yeah, it's a fearful thing. I'm going to be really mad yeah. if we don't record today because I feel like we're back at it again. We're back in our groove. We got our research on this week. We both that. were pretty thorough. Yes. Well, murder's so easy. Yeah, murder's an easy one. <laughs> There's so many murders. <laughs> There's so few ghosts. <laughs> For the amount of murders, there should be a lot more ghosts. <laughs> exactly. Um... If you want to tell us about your murders or ghosts, you can email us at SasquatchAteMyBaby and Twitter at us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or Twitter. SasquatchAteMyBaby. Sas Instagram, SasquatchAteMyBaby. Facebook, SasquatchAteMyBaby. We are SasquatchAteMyBaby. Welcome Wait, to who, the show. Who are we? SasquatchAteMyBaby. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what's new? Nothing. Nothing at all. Not a thing? No. No okay, Kate Date 2019 updates? No. Still like the same guy. That's good. Yeah. See how that goes. I'm going to see Tom Segura tomorrow. Yay! You sure. excited? I'm very excited. Yeah? He's my favorite comedian. Of all time. Sure. Okay. At the moment. I think it changes. Yeah, it changes. When someone has like a really good special or a really good set, you're just like, damn, you're doing good. <laughs> damn. Damn. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Bermuda, Bahama. Canada, oh, you said you were going to rap. No, I didn't. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar. I don't have my sick beat yet. There's drums right there. I can start hitting the floor, Tom. <laughs> Um, okay, we don't need you to rap. No. We're talking about it's coming, murder. Though. It's coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where are you getting this sick beat? I haven't determined that yet, okay? You're uh, the musician. You should be helping me. I'm just the lyricist. I here. don't know anything about rap. Sick beats. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a metal version? Yeah, sure. I can rap to metal. Okay, well, we need to see the lyrics. No. Not right now. <laughs> Because then the listeners will hear it. Well, no, not right now. Okay. But I mean, you'd have to like, you wouldn't be able to rap it, but you'd have to sing the song so we could write around it. Well, I'm going to rap it no matter what. Mm. It only works as a rap. So it's going to be like Ice-T's band, his metal slash rap band. What? That's a thing? Yeah. Hey, Court. Courtney. What's Ice-T's metal band? Body Count. Body Count. Iced tea or body count? Body count. It's the main ingredient in human flesh soup. And then you get some iced tea to wash it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good it's a very good pairing. The the tea flavor really brings out the um the fatty flesh of the human body. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's very Makes nice. it a full bodied soup. <laughs> I wish I was doing a an episode on a cannibal today. Yeah, that would have been convenient. Yeah. But I'm not. You're not? Okay. Uh, should we just jump into these because they're probably going to be really long? Uh, yeah. 
All right, so I'm, I'm going to test you first. Okay. So I'm going first. I've just decided. Oh, you just decided. Okay, I was going to say, how are we going to figure <laughs> out who goes first? Like, mine's a little bit happier. Than yours. Well, it's, it's not really. <laughs> so I, mine's a good one to end on in that case. It's not happy, but it's happy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> happier than mine, probably. Mm, Maybe. I, yeah, well, there's only one victim. Well, there's, it depends on how you look at it. How many mine has... Well, if we're, yeah, it depends. If we're talking murder victims, or rape victims. Oh, or, fuck. Yeah. Murder victims and rape victims. Here, I'm going to give you some hints. The Golden State Killer. All right. So here, I'm going to give you three okay. three nicknames that he was given. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to try and every, every round, you got to try and guess. The Walk-In Killer. Okay. Do you have a guess? Um... Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a name on the tip of my tongue. And <laughs> Would you like another one? Yes. The Valley Intruder. So this is California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it the other Night Stalker? The other Night Stalker? So there's like the Night Stalker and then um, the Golden State Killer is the original Night Stalker. Well, here's but, the third okay. nickname. The Night Stalker. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but you have to tell me who it is. I can't remember his name. It's Double R. Uh, Ramsey. No, no not Ramsey. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> oh, this is killing me. Um, Ramirez. Yep. Uh, That's his first name. Richard. Richard. Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. Ah, Fuck me. <laughs> Nicely done. I was so close with Ramsey, though. You saw my train of thought there, right? As I pulled my hair, like literally pulled my hair out of my head. <laughs> yes. By the way, tell me I look pretty. You look very pretty. Oh, thank you. You don't have to say that. I know. Aww. I just, it just came to me <laughs> in a command. Um, she said you look pretty. Yeah, she's amazing. We're friends. We don't do that. I don't tell Jordan you looks pretty. I tell Jordan he looks beautiful every day. Maybe you're a girl. I send him a text. I say, good morning, sunshine. Just remember, you're beautiful. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> I'll do it right now. At do it. Eight o'clock at night. Do it. Okay, I'll go find him. We're drinking his alcohol. That's his and this is his. Yeah. He, this po- podcast is sponsored by Jordan and his alcohol. Abandoning his beer <laughs> wherever he can. Okay. Good morning, beautiful. No, what did I say? Sunshine. Good morning, sunshine. Just remember you're beautiful or something like that. It's all, it's all going to come together when you listen to this show. All right. Well, when is he going to listen to this episode? How on point is he? I think he's fairly on point. Ah, oh, fuck me. I was going to say, I'm going to send him that every day until he's like, what the fuck? Well, that's, he's probably going to be like, what the fuck if you do that over the next three days? Because this won't be out till Monday. Yes. Okay. Three days to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, so Richard Ramirez was born February 29th, 1960, the youngest of Julian and Mercedes Ramirez's five children. That's a lot of kids. It's too many kids. Oh, should I talk about that? Too many kids? No, it's up to you. That's your thing. Hey, Court. Courtney. Should I announce it right now? Why not? All right. Me and Courtney are having twins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to cut that scream you just put in there. <laughs> okay. 
Replace it with this. It definitely peaked. Woo. Woo. I'm not going to cut it. I'm going to lower it. Woo. I'll just shorten it. Unenthused woo. So. So, guys, I'm going to be an auntie. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. It's your excitement. Yeah, I've said it before. You say it. What? You're going to be an auntie. Yeah. I'm going to have two babies. Yeah. Not one baby. But two. Two babies. I live in a one-bedroom basement. With Courtney mm-hmm. and two babies. And two babies. <laughs> but Courtney is glowing. She looks beautiful. She's Tell her that. Courtney, you're glowing and you look beautiful. Thanks. But, I feel fat and cranky. But that's not how you look. Well, thanks. I love you. I, I realized today I'm showing more than just cheeseburger pregnant, which is nice. Yay. And now people know. Pregnant, pregnant. And they're like, that's a baby. Yeah, I'm still at the point where people are like, afraid to ask. Are you? What's up? Huh? You know, and they just like they kind of start like, oh, so like, I'm like, yeah, pregnant. They're like, okay, I didn't want to ask. I'm like, that's polite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I worked at uh, Quality Foods a long mm-hmm. time ago, 10, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in line just after my shift getting some groceries, and there was a woman talking to the, one of the cashiers. Asking her about her pregnancy and her babies. And then she asked, when are you due? And she had had the babies three months prior. So that was hilarious. That's not hilarious. I laughed. That's rude. But I laughed. Do you know how hard it is for a woman postpartum? Yes, but it was very funny. You're such a bummer. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got a lady to look out for now. That's yeah. not funny anymore. Yeah, but she's going to look amazing. Yeah, she will look amazing. Yeah. Because two babies are coming out of her. So, so she'll instantly go back to being normal. <laughs> now that we've talked about my beautiful children. Yes. Um, let's talk about a, per- a, a famous serial killer. Mm. <clears throat> he never killed any kids. That's good. I like it when they don't kill children because it doesn't upset me as much. I agree. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Okay. Uh, his father was a Mexican national and former Juarez policeman. You know, you know about Juarez? No. It's a very, very bad place in Mexico. Lots of cartel shit. Uh, he later became a laborer in Santa Fe Railroad on the Santa Fe Railroad, and he was a very angry man and very physically abusive. Twelve-year-old mm. uh, Richie Ramirez was strongly influenced by his cousin Mike. Oh, Richie? Did you just give him a nickname, or did that's, people call him that? That's what they called him when he was a kid. Okay. Uh, so Mike was a decorated Green Beret who was in Vietnam, and he liked to boast about his uh, work in Vietnam. Hmm. <clears throat> he showed uh, Ramirez some photos of the women he ki- or the women he raped, the men he killed. Uh, there's a photo of him posed with a severed head of a woman. Is he one of those guys that took the tongues of his victim and put them on a string? Probably. Ew. I think that was an ear thing. Probably tongues too, though. Oh. Um, well, I feel like, yeah, both is fine. It's every time. So he's pretty fucked up. Are you taking a selfie right now? Why you gotta <laughs> call me out, Dave? Because you're doing it. <laughs> All right, fine. Um... Just, I guess we're backtracking until 10 years old. Richard Ramirez was smoking weed at 10. At 10? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people tried it then. I didn't. Really? Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so when he was 12, him and Mike bonded over the fucked up war stories over a joint. And at Mike, 10. At oh, 12. At 12. He had just started smoking at 10. Mm. Uh, Mike taught him military skills such as how to kill with stealth. That's weird. You know what? That's a nice cousin. Other than he murdered and raped people. Yeah, but like to bond <clears throat> and to like teach the next generation something. I suppose. I mean, like what he's teaching him isn't the greatest, but right. like his heart was in the right place. He's keeping him out of like off the streets, right? He's giving him an activity. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um. So around this time. Uh, Ramirez started sleeping in a local cemetery to avoid his father. Uh, on May 4th, 1973, Mike shot his wife, Jesse in the face during a domestic argument and Ramirez was in the room. Not a great cousin. Um, after the shooting, Ramirez became very withdrawn from his family and friends and... Later that year, he moved in with his sister, Ruth, and her husband, Roberto, who was an obsessive peeping Tom. Hmm. And he would take Ramirez out with him to... Peeping. Peeping, yes. Well, again, keeping those kids off the street. Isn't that kind of on the street? Well, it's in the side of the lawn, but... I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then he started using LSD and became interested in Satanism. Uh, Mike was found not guilty in 77 due to insanity, and he continued to influence his cousin. And Ramirez started having sexual fantasies that included violence, like rape and bondage and such. Everyone's into a little bit of bondage. Not rape, though. No. Well, some people have rape fantasies. Some people do. And it's okay if it's still cons- consensual, if you, if you yes. simulate it. But then, like, Under consensual terms. But then you hear stories of like women who like, will be with a guy and they'll kind of be pushing him off them just hoping that they force themselves on her. Yeah, because some girls are into that. Yeah, but then it's like, I'm not going to rape you on the off chance that you want to pretend to be raped. And not in this climate, at least. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> That's fucked. Um, okay, anyway. Uh, while he was still in school, he got a job at the Holiday Inn. Oh, okay. Right? That's good. That's a national brand. And then he brand. started robbing guests while they slept. Aw. What a way to make a living. Staying off the streets again. His employment ended suddenly. <laughs> when one night, a man entered his room and Ramirez was attempting to rape his wife. <sighs> oh, man. The husband then beat Ramirez senseless. But uh, all the charges were dropped because the couple lived out of state and they didn't want to come back and testify. They're like, nah. Yeah. Like, we already did that trip. We want to go to Disneyland. Like, <laughs> yeah. We already went to the California one. It's time to go down to Miami. <laughs> Orlando, sorry. Uh, he dropped out of school at, in the ninth grade and then moved to California. He lived in Texas at the, that point, but then he moved. Um, okay, let's talk about murder. April 10th, 1984. Oh, wait. He did murder a child. I forgot about this one. <laughs> he fucking lied the to me. The first one. The first one. It's because they're easy targets. She they're was not nine. very fast. Oh. Her name was Mei Luang. 
Uh, and he did it in the hotel basement that he was living in. You know what? I really like the name May. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you have a second girl baby. Maybe. May. I think if we had a second girl, we were going to name her Kate, but I guess May's better. May's better. <laughs> <laughs> or Maisie. Or Mabel. Maybe. <gasps> Steve like, like maybe Funke? Yeah. <laughs> How about Funke? How about just maybe? <laughs> and then you can call her May for short. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it. That's my vote. That'd be better than naming her after me. Just saying. If it was May. Okay. Um, okay, so this happened in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. And he had raped her before he beat her and stabbing her to death and hanging her body from a pipe. Oh, okay. I'm going to name my daughter after her in memory, I guess. Yeah. Rip me. Rip. Um, oh, this crime he wasn't connected to until 2009 when uh, they had DNA from the scene and they matched him to Ramirez. They also found DNA of another man, but the authorities haven't uh, said who it belonged to. Who was it? I don't know. They never to- figured it out. Well, they, it seems like they know who it is, but they don't have enough evidence connect him, connecting him to the murder. Mm. But they got Ramirez, but Ramirez is dead, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Although I guess he was alive when that was connected to him. Mm-hmm. All right, June 28, 1984. Um, 79-year-old Jeannie Vincow was found brutally murdered in her apartment. She had been stabbed repeatedly while she slept, and her throat was cut so deep that she was nearly decapitated. Uh, Ramirez's fingerprints was, were found on the window screen. Hmm. Uh, March 17th, 85. He attacked 22-year-old Maria Hernandez outside her home in Rosemead. Uh, he shot her in the face after she pulled into her garage, but she survived because uh, she pulled up her hand to out of fear and the bullet ricocheted off their keys and i don't know went through a lesser dangerous place in her head i guess oh yeah uh then ramirez went into the house where 34 year old dale okazaki okazaki yep cool name yeah uh she ducked behind a counter but when she poked her head up to look he shot her in the head and killed her oh that's horrible yeah it's not a fun story no (laughs) (laughs) i mean mine's more lighthearted. i'm glad i'm going next Uh, but it's not but it is is. uh within i made it more fun okay (laughs) within an hour of all these things yeah um he pulled 30 year old veronica Yu out of her car and shot her twice and she was pronounced dead on arrival okay this is when the media dubbed him the walk-in killer and the valley intruder. Mm-hmm. March 27th, 85, he entered the home that he had burglarized the year earlier. Mm-hmm. Went back to it. He went in at 2 a.m. and shot 64-year-old Vincent Zazara in his sleep, which woke his wife, Maxine. Ramirez then beat her and tied her, tied her up and demanded that she tell him where all the valuables were. Mm-hmm. Um, she escaped, grabbed a shotgun from under the bed, which wasn't loaded. He didn't like this. So he shot her three times and then got a knife from the kitchen and mutilated her. 
Mm. You know what I'm going to ask. Don't you? I, I don't. Do you know how he mutilated her? I don't. Okay. I'm glad you don't. Because <laughs> I did not want to know the answer. Okay. Uh, May 14th, 1985, he went into Bill and Lillian Doy's house. Uh, Ramirez shot Bill when he went for his own gun and then put thumb cuffs on Lillian. Do you know what thumb cuffs are? I looked them up. They're like, they look like little weird traps that go over your thumbs and hold them together. You mean um, Chinese? uh, Kind of, but they're metal. Finger traps? But made of metal. Did he get them in Vietnam? He didn't go to Vietnam. He was a child. Right from his cousin. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Um, uh, so he searched the house for the valuables and then raped her. Yeah. Uh, May 29th, he went into Mabel Bell's house where her sister Florence Lang was. Mabel? Yes. <laughs> but she was 83. Mabel's an old lady name. It's a beautiful old lady name. <laughs> I love it. Well, he took a hammer from their kitchen, uh, bludgeoned Florence first, and then Mabel, and then he took like an electrical cable and shocked her with it. He then raped Florence and then drew a pentagram on the walls and on Mabel's legs with lipstick. Both women were found in comas, but alive, but Mabel died of complications later. Yeah. Poor Mabel. It's actually like... The amount of people he shoots in the head that survive is shocking to me. He's just got really bad aim. He shoots him in the head. Maybe just shitty shots. I don't know. I feel like a lot... It, well, what kind of gun does he, is he using? Is he uses a twenty two for a while and then a twenty five caliber gun. Just a little bigger than a twenty two. They're very small guns. Yeah. That's their saving grace, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the very next day, he went into 42-year-old Carol Kyle's house. Uh, he bound Carol and her son and searched the house. He released Carol to have her show him around to find stuff. He then sodomized her and then bound her and her son back together before leaving. But he didn't kill them. He's like, not today. Well, he seems to just kill men mm-hmm. most of the time, but not all the but time. But not always. No. You can tell that to the nine-year-old little girl we started with. Yes. Uh, July 2nd, 85, he went to 75-year-old Mary Louise Cannon's home. He beat her with a lamp and stabbed her several times with a knife from the kitchen. There's a woman he just killed, I guess. Uh, July 5th, um, he went into a home and 16-year-old Whitney Bennett was there and he beat her with a tire iron. Uh, He couldn't find a knife in the kitchen, so he tried to strangle her with a phone cord. Why is there no knives in the kitchen? I don't know. <laughs> Why is this 16-year-old home alone? I guess she's 16. I was home alone all the time when I was 16. I, I, I immediately regretted the question. In the 2000s when okay. people yeah. <laughs> knew about murders. Forget this. When he started strangling her with the cord, sparks started coming out of it, and then she started breathing. From the phone cord? From the phone cord. And then he thought this was a sign from Jesus intervening, and he left her alive. I think that was Jesus. Might have been. Because a phone cord shouldn't really spark. No, it should not. Mm. Weird. Hold on. One of my friends is currently on a Tinder date, and I just had to check my phone to check check on our uh, 
In case you need to make any emergency phone calls yeah. to get her out. So this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a short break. All right. To all those ladies listening, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Okay. <laughs> Put your hands up. Anyways, uh, all you single ladies out there on the Tinder or the Bumble or the Match.com if you want a nice Indian boy from Vancouver. Is that what Match.com is for? That's what I found. Like I was, Indian Indian or Indian Indian? No. What? No, Indian. <laughs> like from India. Yeah, okay. Um, or... <laughs> That was a racist comment, but it's true, <laughs> at least in BC. Um, or if you're on, I don't know other ones. Okay, Cupid. Um, other sites, um, other apps. Uh, new know. Facebook dating that keeps trying to push it on me. Is that like, do you want to date on Facebook? <laughs> I'm like, no, not really. But <laughs> thanks, thanks for trying. Um, uh, Zeusk is that one? I feel like I I've know. seen Zeusk. Anyways, okay. What's the one where you cheat on your partner? Uh, Ashley Madison. That one. Yeah. Okay. If you're on <laughs> Ashley Madison. Anyways, you're going to go out. You're going to meet this guy for the first time. Dudes, you guys can do this too. This isn't a sexist podcast. If you if you need some support, you're worried that you're being catfished by Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them about my past times. Yeah, Dave can overpower you. You know, you should have a safe word. So this is the first <laughs> thing that you're going to do. You're going to go onto your Snapchat and you're going to turn off. One. You're, well, you're going to get it specifically for this. My mom got it for me. You're going to turn off your uh, ghost setting so everyone can see your location. Or you can make it so that just one specific person can see your location. That's cool. You're going to tell your friend, hey, this is what I'm wearing on my date. So they have a description of what you look like that day. Um, and then the other thing that you're going to do is you're going to tell all your friend where you're meeting, just in case. And you're also going to come up with a easy phrase that you can talk about. So like... Hey, Dave, um, well, this one I don't use anymore because the friend that I, I used it with it now lives in Japan. Hi, Desiree. Um, but <laughs> I was super into the secret life of the American teenager the last time that I was super depressed. And then... <laughs> okay. So I, walked, I don't even know what that is. So it's a really shitty teen show. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I got really into it. Drank a lot of wine to it. It's kind of got Christian values behind it. It's like seventh heaven. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> okay. so this this girl gets knocked up in like freshman year or whatever by a guy a year older than her. And then she starts dating a guy in her grade and then gets engaged to him. But then you're like, ooh, well, they won't. They with the dad <laughs> the whole time. So the kid's name is... Um, Charles or something stupid like that she named the kid the dumbest fucking name on earth and so my friend would text me and she'd be like hey do you know who picked up like Charles or whatever the kid's name was um, from daycare and if you said Ben the boy that we didn't want the girl to be with that meant that you were in trouble but if you're like oh I think Ricky got him who was the guy that you wanted him to be with he was the reformed bad boy then it would be like damn this guy's cool and I'm gonna go get me some D so just like back off but if it's Ben then what then like call me immediately get me out of this or i thought they already called you how did you No, this is a a text oh and then if you said amy which was the mom it meant call 911 i'm in trouble oh snap yeah another thing is if you're going someplace like going to a bar totally tell your waitress that you're meeting up with a stranger and that if you need to get out like your waitress gets it she's been on fucking tinder (laughs) (laughs) she gets it she's gotten dick pics sent to her phone at eight in the morning (laughs) 
True story. <laughs> I think you've told that story. Yeah. And she knows that you need to get out of there. So tell your waitress what your code word. If you hate falafel, tell your waitress that you want to order the falafel. And she's going to help get you out of there. I like that. Yeah. It's a very good uh, PSA. Okay. Back to the, 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 not the original, the other Night Stalker, the first one. The first one called the Night Stalker. Okay. Who wasn't the original, but is. It's very confusing. It's so confusing. <laughs> July 7th, uh, he burglarized Joyce Nelson, um, but he found her asleep on the couch, and he beat her to death with his bare hands and feet. Uh, That same night, he went to Sophie Dickman's home. Uh, He attempted to rape her and stole her jewelry. I don't know, like, how he didn't succeed. Maybe she just fought him off. But that was good, I guess. Um... She swore to him that he had taken everything of value and he made her swear to Satan that she was telling the truth. Mm. He does that a lot after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 20th, he bought himself a machete and then he went into the bedroom of Maxon and Leela Needing um, and he attacked them with said machete and also shot them. That same night, he went into... Uh, the Kovanath family's home. Can I see? Yep. You did your best. Thank you. And now then, then he shot Chainarong and raped. I mean, this one's really, I mean, it's horrible, but it's, it kind of seems like it says he raped some kid, but that's the name of the person. Yep. So, yeah. He raped her. Okay. He then tied up their eight-year-old. Maybe it's some keed. Could be. Like Khalid. Could be. I'm going to go some keed. All right. Some keed. Uh, he then made her show him where all the valuables were and then made her, again, swear to Satan. Uh, August 6th, Chris and Virginia Peterson. Uh, he, oh, he startled Virginia, so he shot her in the face. Hmm. He then shot Chris. Did she live? No, I don't think so. Oh, Oh, wait, they did. Both of them do. Um, Yeah, he shot her in the face and she lived. And then he shot Chris in the temple. And then he fought him. With a bullet in his temple? Avoided two more shots (gasps) and scared him off. What a fucking badass. Go Chris. And they both survived. Damn, okay. Did they stay together? I don't know. I hope they did. They probably didn't know. Yeah, when trauma happens to... Yeah. Trauma tears people apart. Yeah. I want to be in a relationship where trauma... Well, I don't want trauma Where to trauma doesn't rip you apart. Yeah, but like if it did, that we just like supported each other and helped each other through it. Yes, I That's get that. true love. Yep. Hmm. Um, August 8th, the home of Elias and Sakina Abawath. He shot Elias in the head while he slept and beat Sakina to get her to tell him where all the good stuff was. He then, you know, did his thing to her. Uh, Their son came into the room and he tied them up and continued to do his thing to her. Wow. I'm really tired of saying the word rape. It makes me sad. Do his thing. (laughs) Uh, August 18th, he saw some news coverage of his crimes in L.A., so he went to San Francisco. Hmm. Where he went to the home of Peter and Barbara Pan. Yes, this man's name was Peter Pan. 
he shot Peter Pan in his sleep. Oh. And then did his thing to Barbara before shooting her in the head. Oh. I'm yeah. Disappointed her name's not Wendy, but I feel sad for her. Yes. Uh, the San Francisco mayor, Diana Feinstein, held a press conference. And she basically told the world about all the evidence that they had, like his shoe prints that matched the ones in L.A. And the detectives were fucking pissed because Ramirez immediately threw his shoes off the Golden Gate Bridge when he found out. Hmm. Yeah. Diana Feinstein is dumb. Uh, August 29th, he went 76 miles south of L.A. to Mission Viejo. Um... He was checking out a house, but the 13-year-old inside heard him outside, uh, so he bailed. But they, the family ran outside and got the make and uh, color and partial plates of the car that he had stolen. Mm-hmm. Same night, he went to Bill Carnes and Inez Erickson's house. They were uh, engaged. Um, he shot Bill three times in the head and did his thing to Inez and forced her to tell him where the valuables were and made her swear to Satan again. Um, he also told her to tell people that the Night Stalker was here. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave a detailed description to the police, and they found a new footprint, and they found the stolen car with a single fingerprint in it. He like he wiped them down, mm-hmm. but they found one. Uh, they had his mugshot, so it was immediately released to the public. And on August 30th, he took a bus to Tucson to go visit his brother. Um, he didn't know that he was all over the news. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he couldn't find his brother in Tucson, so he took a bus back the next day to L.A. He literally walked past a group of police, like mm-hmm. past them, who were stationed there looking for him mm-hmm. escaping on a bus. Um where are we here? He Ramirez then noticed a group of old women cowering from him and saying El Matador, which means the killer. Oh, I remember what happens now. Okay. Okay. Uh, he he then saw his face in the news racks. Mm-hmm. He ran across Santa Ana Freeway and tried to carjack a woman, but people chased him away, mm-hmm. and they continued to chase him. Yeah. He tried to carjack two other people. The residents caught up to him, hit him in the back of the head with a metal bar, and held him down and continued to beat the shit out of him he until the police He literally survived. got chased by a mob of people. And they beat him. Yeah. Over and over again. Like, is that not, like, poetic justice? I mean, if they raped him, it would have been nice. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> as yeah. poetic justice as upstanding citizens can yeah. bring. Can you imagine being one of those people that brought him down? Yeah, you'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. Just like getting your shots in on him. Would you be one of the like vigilantes that went after him if you recognized him? I would like to think so. I would like to think so too. I'm little, but I could get a few good Yeah, if there's in. enough people, like you have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so July 22nd, 1988, his first court appearance, he raised his hand that had a pentagram, pentagram on it and yelled, Hail Satan. I wonder where he had the Satan thing from. Like, why is he so into it? When he started doing LSD, he started reading about it. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just, he's crazy. All right. Um, August 3rd, 88, uh, the LA Times reported that a jail employee overheard him saying he was going to shoot the prosecutor. Uh, so they immediately installed metal detectors and searched everyone, but there was no gun. Uh, August 14th, juror Phyllis Singletary, 
Singletary. Uh, she didn't show up. And she was found shot in her apartment. Okay. So the jurors are like, oh shit, Ramirez has people on the outside. Uh, but it turns out her boyfriend shot her and committed suicide in a hotel room later. So it was just a coincidence? Just a coincidence. That's also really sad. Yes. Uh, September 20th, 89, he was convicted of all his crimes, which was 13 counts of murders. 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murder, 11 sexual assault, 14 burglaries. Uh, November 7th, he was sentenced to die in a California gas chamber. And he said to reporters, uh, quote, Big deal, death was always... Death always went with the territory. See in Disneyland. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He had fans, and as soon as he was arrested, Doreen Leoy... Uh, started writing to him. Um, in 1988, he proposed to her, and on October 3rd, 1996, they were married, which I didn't know you could do. Yeah. And people in prison get married all the time to random people. They shouldn't be allowed to do that, especially if you're a murderer. It's taking away a human right. Yeah, he's a murderer. He shouldn't have rights. Hmm. Anyway, she uh, said she would kill herself when he was executed, but she left him at some point. He wouldn't have been executed until he was 70 anyway. And, but he didn't make it that far. She was like, he's not around enough. He doesn't pay enough attention to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was supposed to be, like, because of all his bullshit, you know, people fighting against the death sentence. He yeah. was going to be, basically, it was going to happen in his 70s. But instead, on June 7th, 2013, he died of B-cell lymphoma. Uh, he was also fucked up from chronic substance abuse and hepatitis C. He was 53 years old. Mm. Good riddance. Yeah. Bye. Have a good time. Are we still recording? Yeah. I've been checking the whole time. Good. <laughs> so, can you perk us up with one murder? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know how perky we're going to get, but it is more lighthearted, like not as many people die or get the thing done to them. Yeah. Um, so, hey, Dave. Hi. Let's play a fill-in-the-blank game. Let's do it. Okay. So, a blank. Like ad-libs? Yeah, like ad-lib. Mad-libs. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, I need a noun here. We're looking for Which a Which one's name. a noun? Um, it's a person, place, or thing. Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, a blank, a noun, ate my baby. Dave ate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's next? I thought you were going to say Sasquatch. Oh. So. I don't understand this game. Okay, so a, a blank ate my baby. A Sasquatch ate my baby. Okay, but what if I told you that Sasquatch didn't eat my baby? What if I told you it was actually a dingo? Oh. <laughs> okay. Thank you for ruining my segue. <laughs> How You can't just assume I'm going to say Sasquatch. What other thing ate the baby? You didn't say baby. You said you needed a noun. And Sasquatch is a noun. A person, place, or thing. But you didn't say... You just said... You asked me initially you needed a noun. You didn't tell me the sentence. <laughs> yeah. And then I said it and I asked you again. Oh. Okay. And you still went with a Dave. <laughs> well, yeah. That's how I... That's the first one I said. You have to stick with what you say. All right. I'm saying. So Dingo ate a baby. So or did, did it. Or did it. That's what we're going to find out. I feel like we've talked about this. We Maybe talk- not on the show. Uh, I think we, it came up at some point in like discussion, but we right. haven't actually covered it. 
Okay. Okay. So Alice Lynn Murchison, or Murchison mm-hmm. also known as Lindy, because Lindy is a short term for Alice Lynn Murchison, apparently, was born in 1948. Okay. And she's actually a New Zealand-born woman. Did you know that? Oh, why? What was I supposed to assume she was Australian? Yeah, because everyone says the dingo ate my baby thing in Australian accent. And it's not, it's the most. They're very similar accents. Yeah. I mean, they're very, they're very, very close similar. to each other. I couldn't tell the difference if you put two in front of me. And then if you call a Kiwi and Aussie, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. And then um, I wanted to like try and do the dingo ate my baby thing in like an Australian accent just to be like fun, but I literally can't <laughs> do any accents. And I definitely can't do the Australian one. I can say this um, Cotton Act. <laughs> say good day, mate. G'day, mate. There you go. Okay. But caught in the act because caught in the act is the funny Australian um, like commentary on like one, a drag queen is named Courtney Act. And when you say caught in the act, it's caught in the act. Get it? That's literally the only one I can do. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> drag queens for life. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I going to say? Something about a drag queen. I don't know. I love drag queens. Oh, is uh, you ever watch Glow? Uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, the the series I've seen about the it. First though. season. All right. Well, in the new season, there's a drag queen, and he is awesome. Yes, queen. Yeah. Okay. He does like Liza Minnelli at one point. It's oh, fantastic. I love it. Anyway. Oh, anyway, so she's born in New Zealand, uh, which surprised me. And she moved to Australia in 1969 with her family. Her family was were religious. They were Seventh-day Adventists. And she married another New Zealand-born man named Micer, Micer. <laughs> Micer. <laughs> Michael Chamberlain. He was um, actually a pastor. Ah. Mm-hmm. So in 1973, Lindy gave birth to her first son, Aiden, and shortly after, in 1976, she gave birth to another son, Reagan. However, a family friend, Mrs. Ransom, shared the information to the public that Lindy always wanted a little girl. Okay. And she got her wish on June 11th of 1980, when she gave birth to Azaria Chamberlain. All right, so wait, what were the years? Uh, The first kid was 1973. The other one was 1976. Those aren't relevant at all. This one was born. I was just curious how far apart they were. Oh, a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, that's good spacing. Um, so, and then June 11th of 1980 for Azaria. So on the August 16th of 1980, the Chamberlain family took a camping trip to, um, apparently I didn't, oh yeah, I did, Uluru. I might be like pronouncing that really bad. <laughs> okay. It's like an area, uh, specifically to Ayers Rock in the Northern Territory. Of Australia. Yes. Okay. So the chief ranger of Ayers Rock, um, also known as Derek Roth, had in previous years done a written campaign to the government requesting of a dingo call uh, for fear of potential human tragedy. Mm. Are dingoes, they're they're not natural to Australia, right? I think, yeah. They're like the wild dog of Australia. But now I don't think there's like a lot of purebred ones because they've mated with like household dogs. But they might have been introduced like a lot of animals were introduced in Australia. I don't think And so. the only animals you're allowed to hunt in Australia are the introduced animals. Like you're not allowed to hunt kangaroos or alligators or crocodiles, I mean. 
Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just curious because he said I, he wanted a cull, so they're I, probably not natural. I think it's just a matter of the fact that they're just dangerous, and right. that's probably why he had a written campaign, and it was mm. rejected. And there's also sanctuary for them at another place. Mm. Okay. So, anyways. Yeah, Did you matter. read that thing? Um, so, in Alberta recently, <clears throat> there was a family, they were camping, and a wolf came and started ripping through their tent, and the dad started fighting it off, and while well, the mom, like, protected the two children, and then the wolf, like, started dragging him away into the woods, and then a neighbor guy from another campsite came and started, like, beating the wolf, and then they all escaped to this neighbor guy's van to, like, hide, and then the wolf was, like, still chasing after them, and the dad, like, suffered, like, a lot of injuries, and then they had to go in and kill the fucking wolf. Yeah, that's, uh... Like, that happened this week or something. That's weird. That wolf must have been starving to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Because generally, once you beat on something, it's, it's not like, worth the fight. Hell no. But I think wolves are kind of... Dicks. Dicks. Like, Holt will keep coming at you if you're playing with him. And you're like, no, like, stop. But stop. isn't it weird that there's only one wolf? It must have been, like, well, a sick. fucked up wolf. Yeah. Well, unless it was, like... Because sometimes they hunt, like, together but separate. Like, they... Mm. Like, one is, like, the distraction one. So maybe the other ones were coming in for the kill from behind. I don't know. They, they probably would have been in on it already if yeah. he was ripping through a tent. Fair. He was probably sick. Yeah. Um, That's sad, though. It is sad. It's like, scary. It sucks that you got to take out the wolf, but it's probably sick. Yeah. So. You want to hear a fun story about wolves? Yes. It's kind. Of, it's not fun, but it's interesting. Okay. All right. So these guys, I can't remember their names. John, they were, they were elk hunting. Uh-huh. Elk hunting. They shot this elk with their bow. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, they. They followed it. It died. Mm-hmm. They went to go get it, mm-hmm. and they found themselves in the very middle of a wolf den, and then they were surrounded by wolves. Because it was just like you know what, fuck you for killing me. I'm gonna take you to the place where you're gonna die. I guess. <laughs> so the wolves obviously wanted the elk, yeah. and the dudes were in their territory. Um. So there was like the alpha mm-hmm. and it would like howl or make some bark or something. And one wolf would dart into the middle mm-hmm. and they had a gun and a bow. So they killed it. Oh, I mean, you're getting charged by, a wolf. I would just give it the, I would just try and get out of the way. I don't think they were surrounded. There was no fucking off at that point. Yeah. So like this alpha wolf was able to control them. Like mm-hmm. one after the other would just send in single ones. Dog packs are fucking smart, man. Yeah. But eventually... After, like, they killed three of them, mm-hmm. the elf wolf made some other sound, and they all left, and they got the fuck out of there, and they left the elk, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that, like, it can command them mm-hmm. to do things. Like, they can talk to each other. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're not really supposed to have a language, right? But they do communicate. Yeah. They, I mean, they must. Like, dogs just communicate in different ways. Like, think of how dogs and people communicate. Dogs understand commands and sounds. That's true. But, like, the fact that it could make a single one do something. I mean, maybe it was just saying one of you go and one mm-hmm. of them goes. But if it's like directing specific wolves to do things, mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. Dogs dogs are brilliant. Dogs are the greatest creature to walk this earth. Well, these are wolves. They're real dogs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care. They're still canines. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that they're was They're mean cool. canines, but they're canines. I love wolves. They're beautiful. Yeah. Apparently. Scary, but beautiful. Apparently all... Like wild dogs and other canines mm-hmm. in the entire world all originated from North American wolves. 
like a gray wolf. Smart. So like the wild dogs in Australia, originally a wolf from North America that went over there and bred into something else. Well, Pangea. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's just interesting that they all, they all like every dog breed on the planet can breed with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, tell me your story about dingoes. Uh, oh yeah. So anyways, the dingoes in the area were getting braver and approaching humans and sometimes even biting them. So Michael and the boys climbed the rock in the morning while Lindy explored Fertility Cave with the baby. Uh, she looked up at one point and saw a dingo and she described it as casing the baby. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was like, fuck, this dingo wants my baby. Better get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so on the evening of August 17th, the family gathered around the barbecue area with Greg and Sally Lowe and another couple um, that also had an infant around the same age. Um, Sally went to throw something in the trash and spotted a dingo that followed her back to the barbecue area where Michael fed it some food to amuse their son. I think Aiden was with them. Um, I think Reagan was sleeping in the tent at this point. But I've, Terrible idea. I found some conflicting stories. Um and so, yeah, so he fed it some food and Lindy was like, dude, fucking no, like, don't, yeah, don't do entice that. it. <laughs> and she was like super <laughs> mad about it. And, um, so around this time or after this, like slightly after this, Lindy was like, okay, it's time to put at the word, like the actual quote is Bubby to sleep. And so she took the baby to the tent. Um, and then she went to the car for something. Um, or she went to the car and then went to the tent. I can't remember which. Okay, but the kid was put to bed. The, the kid was put to bed with the other kid, right? right. So, um, so she returned back to the barbecue area. And around that time, it wasn't very much long after, Michael and two others heard a baby cry. Like, actually heard the baby cry. And they're right. like, okay, this is a thing that happened. They all agree on it. Okay. Uh, so Lindy at this time, and Lindy was present with them. She's like, she's back at the barbecue section. So Lindy at this time goes back, um, to take a look at the tent and she sees a dingo emerge from the tent and it shakes its head vigorously and then runs off. And so at this point she screams out something along the lines of, but it's not like confirmed either. Oh my God. Oh my God. Or Michael, Michael, a dingo's got my baby. Uh, she never actually says a dingo ate my baby. Um, this catchphrase was actually just skewn through popular culture, right. like The Simpsons and Seinfeld and Sasquatch ate my baby. Sasquatch ate my baby. <laughs> 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 but she never actually said those exact words. Right. Uh, so she went over to the tent after seeing this and saw that she was missing so she chased the dingo in the direction that she thought she thought she saw it go um and nearby the tent were some dingo tracks and a police sergeant john lincoln photographed these he also noticed that footprint a footprint near the baby's cot in the tent and he also took what he claims were blood samples but they were never tested why not the 80s man i don't know <laughs> okay so sally Lowe um took the other son reagan out of the tent and claimed that she saw a pool of blood inside and but this was disputed by officers account 
uh, officer's account saying there are only a few drops of blood. Okay. Okay. Uh, canine hair was also found in the tent, but the Chamberlains did not have a dog. Right, because there was a dingo. Yeah. Uh, after the event happened like shortly after trackers of both white and aboriginal they had to specify that because that was the 80s i guess Um, apparently it's still an issue oh is it yeah oh is that why it's like still specified in all the articles i was like who cares just trackers (laughs) yeah they're uh there's a lot of race shit going on in australia apparently Let's send Man Tracker over from Canada. Yeah, whole show. He was really good at it. That was a great show. <laughs> so they noted they noted that there was dingo prints and there was also marks on the ground um, that showed the dingo dragging something at some point and depressions in the sand where whatever the dingo was carrying was put down. And one of the depressions even showed a texture that could have been a knitted garment. Uh, Azaria was wearing um, a singlet, I think they're called. You have, you're going to have babies. You should know that term. Yeah, like a onesie. I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah. Um, a jumpsuit. And then um, a matinee jacket, which is like a knitted cardigan over the jumpsuit. Right. So that mm-hmm. pattern in the sand. Yeah. Um, a vigil was held that evening. Another camper said that Michael came over to... Um, her tent or camper and was like the baby's already dead by now it I'm something about being religious and it was just like a really awkward he didn't react the way that like a, oh my god my baby we gotta find my baby right kind he just kind of accepted the baby's fate yeah because he's a nice religious man is that a nice religious thing to do I don't know it's I don't know man <laughs> when I don't want to stress about something I'm just like I'm very monotone like i suppose like debt is an example my mom gets like super psychotic about like my debt and me like trying to like pay it off and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i missed like every time i get an msp payment and i missed a couple and they were like hey you need to pay this or like it's gonna be bad credit on you and i was like okay it's like a hundred and something dollars i don't want to but (laughs) (laughs) yeah mommy (laughs) mommy help (laughs) um (laughs) and i was like and i've had it way worse before and you didn't say anything so like go fuck yourself and i was just kind of like really neutral to it like i didn't react because i just but i was like okay there's nothing i can do to control you guys being dicks about 120 (laughs) dollars comparing that to the possible death or survival of your child but it depends on what kind of personality type you are like you can't you can't assume how someone's going to react when a tragedy happens to them like some people just shut down i just like to think that if a father loses his child he'll do anything to try and find that child or you shut down and you just become a very neutral person. I suppose. I hope I'm not one of those people. No. Like, I don't think I am. I want to be like, I'm going to find my baby. but And I'm going to kill anything in my way. <laughs> All the dingoes. <laughs> yeah, basically. But that's not always the case. You can't assume how people are going to react in tragedy. Fair enough. But maybe he murdered the baby himself. And a lot of people who have solace, well, yeah, that's, we're going to talk about that, but (laughs) not him specifically. Like he never got accused of murdering the baby. But maybe it was him. Maybe they should have looked at him. Maybe they should have. Um, and, but religious people find a lot of solace in the fact that God, it's in God's hands now. 
Yeah, I suppose. Like that's why, and in the face of tragedy, a lot of people do turn to religion. Mm-hmm. Because it's not in their There's control. There's nothing else you can do. There's nothing else you can do. Um. Anyway, mm-hmm. so on August 24th, a man named Wally Goodwin set out uh, to photograph wildflowers at Ayers Rock, where he discovered a torn-up nappy, the singlet, and a jumpsuit. This was only 30 meters from a dingo's den. Wally said the jumpsuit was undone and the clothes were lying around the ground naturally, not placed there by a human. Um, he said that the singlet and the jumpsuit were actually next to each other. Uh, but okay. a Constable Frank Morris, a, a police officer, I wrote, but Constable Frank Morris, the police officer, to first, oh, to first examine. There we go. Um, <laughs> it said that four buttons were undone at the jumpsuit and the singlet was inside the jumpsuit, um, inside out, I guess. He picked them up to check them for human remains and then put them back on the ground and photographed them for evidence. Good job. Good job, Frank. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fucked. He said the singlet and the jumpsuit, yeah, were together. That's almost as bad as Diane Feinstein giving all the evidence about Richard Ramirez out <laughs> in a press conference. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the dingoes were shot uh, that were shot or found dead in the area shortly after were dissected by veterinarians to look for human bones or protein. Uh, and nothing was found. Nothing was found. Okay. To see the shredded, uh, to see if the shredded clothes were shredded from a human or by a dingo, a piece of meat was wrapped in a nappy and was given to some um, dingoes at the wildlife s- sanctuary. This was used as evidence against the Chamberlains. A suspicion began to f- fuel that Lindy killed Azaria and that Michael was an accessory to the fact. So he was part of it. Yeah, like he helped her cover it up. That's what um, he said. But like. On the side of the the humans here, just giving dogs a, dogs a piece of meat and some clothes isn't gonna make it exactly like another dingo did something. Yeah. So that's fucking. Dumb. Well, they had some. I didn't get into this, but I read about it. They had some specialists come in and talk about how the clothes could have been um, ripped by a human and how that could be like attributed to that based on like how the rips were made in the fabric but like that's a i don't know it's well, not and on the the dingo side here you would think those clothes would be covered in blood there was blood on them okay and you'd yeah. also think they would be shredded by canine teeth well they were shredded it's just whether or not it was done by humans faking a dingo or a dingo yes, but how do you like i mean i guess you'd figure it out if you were trying to cover up a murder yeah but like it just sounds like too much work for me and you're gonna hear like the amount of time that yeah like they could have just thrown the baby in a fucking hole and walked away and just been like we never found it yeah okay uh some campers even claimed that they never saw the baby's face at the barbecue and that lindy was just holding um something white close to her body they speculated that the baby was already dead at this point like some people thought that. Right. That's one theory, but there's right. a whole other theory that's just you're going to hear about. Okay. And it was a cover up. So others know that there were baby or that where the baby's clothes were found were close to where the family had been hiking that day. So it's somewhere accessible, somewhere right. they already know, familiar. 
And they could have ditched them on the hike. Yeah. Rumors also spread through the media that the Chamberlains may have killed her as a human sacrifice <laughs> because they were religious. Yeah, but they're not like fucking Satanists. Yeah. And then there was another rumor that they were linked to the Jonestown mass suicides, which happened in 1978. Like these are just crazy theories, right? Yeah. And then in interviews with Lindy and Michael after the fact, people were just like, yeah, that's just not how you behave when your kid's missing. So you're guilty. But like that's the that's the most sensible thing compared to like connecting it to Jonestown. Yeah. So a magistrate, which is a civilian officer who administers the law um, and coroner, Dennis Barrett, conducted the first inquest against Lindy. Mm-hmm. In December of 1990, uh, not 1990, 1980 through January of 1981. And it supported that Azaria's disappearance, disappearance was the result of a dingo. So they were okay. like, yeah, a dingo fucking took her baby. Like, give her a break. The dingo ate your baby. Yeah. It's a thing. So the Supreme Court, however, quashed this, um, which isn't slang for squashed, like squashed the dreams. It's actually like a legal term when someone feels that then exercise of power was unlawful and then they can then challenge it via court and what was the word quashed quashed yeah okay i was like "Hmm." so the supreme (laughs) court ordered a second inquest that began a year later in december of 1981 and concluded in february of 1982 and by september of 1982 lindy was charged um in azaria's murder at this time she was like super pregnant with her fourth fourth child whose name I forgot to write it down, but it was also a girl. Hmm. Um, and Michael was charged as an accessory after the fact in October. No, they were, it was both. in Oh yeah. In October. No, no, no. In October, they were both found guilty and Lindy was sentenced to life without parole. The inquest was, so she was found guilty of all these things. Even though a dingo did this. Mm-hmm. And it was all based on circumstantial evidence. The coroner that did the inquest uh, felt that a jury could arrive to a verdict if properly instructed. Mm. Yeah. Because um, she was found guilty, did they say what her motive was? Uh, I think they were just like, oh, as a mom that just didn't want to be a mom. But then, like, all she these- has another baby. Yeah, but then there's all these other accounts that she's like a good mom, that she wanted to be a mom, that she never acted out towards her children. There's no evidence that she had ever... And she's pregnant with another child. She obviously wants to be a mom. Well, she's not pregnant to the other child until like two years later. But she killed her child and then got pregnant again? Religion, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think the dingo did it. The dingo did it. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, the theory that they that the prosecution was all like, hey, what's up, uh, was that the couple knew of the dingoes in the area and chose that as the situation to, like, fake it all. Mm-hmm. Um, they later went back to recover the buried body and remove the clothing to be found um, yeah, to, yeah, to recover the buried bother, body and remove the clothing to be found. And then they, like, faked it all. Right. That's just one theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosecution uh, also thought that she, in, a fi- in the five to ten minute window that she was gone from the barbecue to put the baby down. So, yep. like, it's not long at all. 
that she actually took the baby to the car and used scissors to cut her throat, hid the body in a camera case, which was also taken as evidence at some point, and I think it was like inconclusive or whatever, um, in the car, cleaned up the blood, took the time to clean up the blood in the car, stuffed this baby's body in a camera case, uh, grabbed some baked beans from the car because she had to take that back to the... Of course. Yeah, yeah. And had to have a reason of going over there. Yeah. And then she also went and changed her clothes because there would have been blood all over her clothes. Um, and then took some of the blood and splashed it around the tent. <laughs> I mean, I know it's a baby, but like slitting the throat of a baby, there's still going to be a, so much blood. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all over the car. It's not like you can just wipe it up. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Yep. Um, so... There was evidence that there was blood in their car. Okay. However, it was later determined that it was actually manufacturer's overspray of a sound um, a sound deadening component, compound. So it was like something to like... Soundproof the car. Yeah. And it was from the manufacturer. It was just it happened to be red <laughs> or whatever. And they just called it blood. Yeah. So um, all subsequent appeals that like she that they gave against the case being like this is circumstantial like this isn't the case we're innocent Mm -hmm. uh they were all dismissed until february 2nd of 1986 when the matinee jacket was discovered partially buried next to a dingo layer in an isolated location outside of or in uluru on on february 7th of 1986 the jackets finally supported the chamberlain's defense that a dingo took the baby and she was released from prison her life her life sentence being remitted and uh what did she get for being falsely sentenced to life in prison i don't think anything isn't that some bullshit? It's not done yet, though. Oh. So the Royal Commission began investigating to report on how correct the investigations were, included that there was, and all they concluded was that there was reasonable doubt that she did this. So a third inquest happened in 1995. This inquest was considered a paperwork inquest because obviously they didn't have, all, like, it's 15 years later. Um, And they're just going over the evidence thus so far. And what they landed was that it was inconclusive whether the baby died of humans or of a dingo. Okay. Oh, was it? (laughs) (laughs) Funny. (laughs) I'm really glad you have that coroner's degree. (laughs) (laughs) But just by reading shit. Yeah. All right. So it wasn't until 2012 of another inquest that... And from the push of Lindy and Michael uh, that took into the accounts that of the figures of dingo attacks, like they're like, damn, there's a whole lot of like dingo account or attacks happening in like the eighties. Like dingoes are fucking mean douches, like mm-hmm. fuck dingoes. So the case is reopened again. And after 32 years, there was a final ruling that a dingo caused the death of a Zaria Chamberlain in 1980. So she was in prison that whole time? Wasn't she let out? No, she was let out in 1988. 86. 88. Whatever you said. Okay. And then. Yeah. So she didn't go back to prison after all the bullshit, right? No. All right. But it still took 32 years for them to. For for them to clear her name. Like she literally had to leave the country because people were like, yeah, that lady killed her fucking baby because it was a national sensation. Right. It was a worldwide sensation. They talked about it on Seinfeld. They did. Um, 
I had some notes on here. Oh, yeah. So in 1990, Lindy wrote a book called Through My Eyes, which was an autobiography. Sorry, what year? 1990. Okay. Um, and it was made into a miniseries in 2004. The couple divorced in 1991. Just because of all the bullshit, yeah. probably. And then I think um, they had some bad blood because I read an article that she never forgived Michael. Uh, he actually died in 2017, and that's sad. Um, a Cry in the Dark, which is also known, which is known like the worldwide title, um, mm-hmm. but in Australia, spe- specifically called Evil Angels, came out in 1988, and it starred Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. She won some awards for being. As she does. Yeah, she does. She's Meryl Streep. Yeah. Um, and then there was also a 1983 movie called uh, Who Killed Baby Azaria? So these movies, uh, I haven't seen any of them. Mm-hmm. What what direction did they lean in? Murder um, or I th- accident? I'm assuming the 1983 one's probably leaning towards the murder. What about the Meryl Streep one, though? The, I think that one, because it came out in 88 after she was acquitted, probably included... Right. Um all that information being like did she didn't she right yeah i guess that's a more interesting story she goes to prison gets out yeah so i'm really sad like it's a dark story because a baby dies Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's more lighthearted because only one baby dies (laughs) only one baby dies and one it it more focuses on how sad the system was yeah i mean i don't think the legal system's fair to a lot of people yeah um, I personally think that Dingo did. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's fairly clear. Yeah. But and, now, and in never, 1983, it wasn't. And they never proved her guilty. It was all, like you said, circumstantial evidence, which is mm-hmm. bullshit. Absolute bullshit. But then at the same time, that kind of stuff can get murderers out of prison easily. Exactly. It's a, it's a very difficult system. It is. Just got to do your best. Yep. Can you say something into the mic? Say something into the mic. Okay. Oh, I was scared for a second because you said yep and there was no movement on the thing. <laughs> I think that it's our time though. I mean, we had some very well-researched thought out. Yes. Go see your man. You're all dressed up. Thanks. He said, I sent a, my selfie to him and he said, that's not a face for radio. I was like, damn, thanks. <laughs> um, all right. Should get him on next week. I asked him to come on today. Where the fuck is he? Um, he said that he wanted to be more prepared, and he also wanted to watch season two of Mindhunter. <laughs> yeah, me too. He might be my soulmate. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I mean, I know it has Manson in it. Yeah. And it has uh, the actor who plays Manson is the same guy who played Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's new oh, movie. Oh, interesting. Cool, cool, cool. It was a good movie. Did you watch it? Nope. It's awesome. Did I tell you that my ex-boyfriend called me drunk, invited me to it? And then um, our friend Jessica yeah, yeah. saw him there you talked on a about date this with on another girl. Did episode. I? Oh, it was so funny. I think it might be got cut out. I don't remember. It might have got cut out, but oh, that's <laughs> it kills me. It kills me. Um, yeah, no, I want to see that movie. I have not watched Mindhunter actually. Me either. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. Well, he wants to do an entire episode, so maybe that will be like our review episode. So of Mindhunter season two. Let. Of season one and two. I haven't even seen season one. Haven't? No. So oh, it's so good. I'll binge it and I think we'll that's why invite I, him to appease him. That's why I did Ed Kemper's episode. Hmm. Maybe I'll just read the book and stuff because it's based on like the forensic 
like psychology and stuff, right? And that's the, more it's interesting. It's a really good show. Uh, and Ed Kemper is very good at being Ed Kemper in it. Yeah. I have actually seen a couple scenes with him just because I've heard how amazing he is. Did you know that he had never acted before that? Really? Yeah. That was his first role. And then he had another role in uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. He was one of the agents. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, he's good. All right. So bye, friends.